This is a repeat program. Heard previously. The WYSL stations present The Joe Robach Show. Real talk for real people. Here is State Senator Joe Robach. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, I don't have to tell you, we, we try to bring important programming, things that are interested, interesting and impactful to you. And today, we will continue down that path. Um, and if you're a regular listener, you know oftentimes we are speaking to candidates directly, uh, groups who are impacted by policy, whether it's on criminal justice, uh, budgeting, business, you name it. Um, but at the core of all of that, certainly an important part of democracy, an important part of our republic is who are the men and women that get to represent us, help make those decisions, and even more importantly for our dialogue today, um, that we get to vote for those and how we get to do that, all with the concept of making sure that one man, one woman, one vote, no matter what the demographic is, uh, stays in place. That is the principle of what our country was founded on. And whether you're white, black, Latino, urban, suburban, rural, man, woman, it, it doesn't matter what equalizes everyone um, under that concept of democracy is we all have the same vote, rich or poor, one vote, one person. Uh, and certainly I don't have to tell you that there's been dialogue all over the country if that's been done the right way. And uh, I have to say, before I introduce uh, our guest, uh, I almost want to say thank you because I've been around government my whole life. And uh, when I heard their presentation live um, before we had the radio program, um, I was really, I, I think the word is blown away at uh, how many problems there are with our voting database. And even more importantly, um, that, you know, I think the good news is if people wanted to put their heads together, certainly it would be very fixable um, and, and it should happen. Um, I, I and Before I introduce her, I'm going to say the other thing that stuck in my mind, and that's kind of how I felt when I heard their presentation. Um, this was a group of independent citizens that, you know, during COVID and all the dialogue on elections wanted to, in a factual, uh, data-driven way, look at the data of who was voting in New York and really thought it would kind of just be an exercise in learning. Um, instead, they were shocked when they find out. And that person leading this charge uh, is Marley Hornack, who is uh, one of the principals, along with many other volunteers, of the New York Citizens Audit. I, I want to welcome you, Marley. Thank you, Senator. It's an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. Thanks so much for uh, following up with this opportunity. I'm glad you enjoyed the presentation. Yeah, I, I you know, I really did. Uh, I, I even have to say, 
even I was surprised that, you know, so many things um, that would be easy to fix or prohibit, uh, you know, people underage being in the best. We'll get to all that. And, you know, my perspective always was as a legislator, um, you know, I was always very concerned of trying to stop illegal uh, immigrants from voting. I, I don't think that's the right thing. That's my own personal opinion. And I was also very concerned that in some cases um, people would, of their own volition, um, want to vote twice or not vote really where they resided and there was issues over signatures, legislation done, and we couldn't address that. But certainly I always felt that boards of elections, which are supposed to be not political in any way, but all about the law and factual and trying to keep as much integrity in the voting system as possible. Um, That really doesn't seem to be the case here in New York. But before we unpack all that, why don't you just take a minute to uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and a little bit about yourself personally and, and, you know, how you got on to um, the subject. Sure. I am the executive director of New York Citizens Audit, which is now a official nonprofit 501c3 organization. So obviously that means we're completely nonpartisan. Um, I am a champion of individual liberty in my personal life as well as on the New York election stage. So I do we, uh, my family and I, we grow our own food. We homeschool our kids. My kids were all born at home. Uh, we like to make our own medicines. We do a lot of things for ourselves. And I think that's a big part of how I ended up getting involved in this because I think um, the effort towards self-governance and true liberty is oftentimes what gives us the, the cherishment of it, right? Because it's a lot of work. It really is. Sure. No and uh, the, the work, you know, the, the effort to audit the voter roll databases in New York State has also been a lot of work, but has certainly paid off in ways that no one could have predicted. I think that everyone um, kind of always assumes and it, it's, it's I always say this, we're we're so privileged to be Americans. And I mean that even. Mm-hmm whatever other challenges you have, when you compare to the rest of the world, um, we have it pretty good. And I think sometimes that makes us not um, address everything we should need. You know, I I think everybody assumes that everything in an election is always done right to the highest magnitude. And, you know, you want to think that. Um, you know, there's been so many elections. Um, we just had an election in the state senate. We're fighting for numbers, majorities, supermajorities. Uh, one member of the state Senate where I think that there was, I don't even know how many, almost 100,000 votes cast, you know, came down to 10 votes. Uh, you, you could even go back to the right to give women the vote in our country was a one-vote margin in Congress. So when you talk about the importance of voter integrity, uh, every vote counts and count accurately. Um, you guys have pointed out as well as anybody it's always worthwhile, and what you've really done is pulled back the curtain here in New York. Uh, this is no conspiracy theory. This is no 
partisan effort. This is just here is breaches of data that aren't clerical errors. They're clearly um, things that need to get fixed and and should get fixed if we're really going to continue to be able to say to the public, yes, there is a good system in place. Yes, one man, one woman, one vote. And we've gotten away from that. And I'm not sure why everybody isn't as um, concerned about it as people like you and I. But I think that the average person will be when they find the data. Now, I don't want to get political, but um, I had spoken earlier of uh, how one party control in the state legislature here has really um, changed the view and taken off balance, even on voting. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'd rather have, you know, a thousand people who shouldn't be voting voting than having one person who should not be able to vote. Uh, the reality is we shouldn't have either. We should have people who follow the law in New York, and it's pretty clear on voting, um, what they should do and what they need to do to get this done. So I I think, you know, our job today will be to let people know um, what isn't right, and we're going to have to continue to put pressure on to get people to fix it. And I think they'll be shocked to hear, Marley, some of the things you found out about who's voting, um, lack of addresses, a number of things. And we're going to do that. We'll be back with Marley Hornick from New York Citizens Audit after this short break. It's the Joe Robach Show on the WYSL station. Don't you feel like crying? Don't you feel like crying? Well, here I am, honey. Come on. While many local collision and repair shops have been gobbled up by national chains with their impersonal touch, Flower City Collision remains locally owned and operated. The shop was started by a local veteran who taught his son, Zach, the basics in customer service and providing customers value. Flower City doesn't work with a specific insurance company. They want to be your advocate. If you need a repair, reach out to Zach at Flower City Collision in Henrietta. He will work with your national insurance company on your local behalf to ensure you get the repair you need done right. Are you looking to update the kitchen, bath, or flooring in your home, but don't know where to begin? Whether it's cabinetry, carpeting, hardwood flooring, tile, or kitchen and bathroom remodeling, Claridge Design Center in Chai Lai Paul Plaza is the place to start. Claridge custom designs and builds quality remodeling projects throughout Rochester and Monroe County. At Claridge, the visions and ideas you have for your home are developed with the experienced Claridge designers to make your dream project a reality. And the quality of service you receive at Claridge is second to none. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call Claridge at 889-5800 or visit their website to meet the Claridge team. See examples of their finished work at ClarideDesignCenter.com. The 2024 Batavia Down Summer Concert Series has been announced. Come see bands like Smash Mouth, The Bacon Brothers, 38 Special, 
April Wine, and country music star Clay Walker. There will also be tribute acts paying homage to Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, Hart, The Doors, Chicago, and Sticks. It's going to be a great summer, all summer long at Batavia Downs. Get more information and tickets today at BataviaConcerts.com. That's BataviaConcerts.com. Because we love, we grieve when someone dies. Having a life-honoring funeral service can be a healthy step in your grief journey. Some choose to forego life celebrations, and as with skipping meals, this can leave you feeling hungry. Join the movement to celebrate those you love. The staff at Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home is honored to help you design a meaningful funeral service that tells your loved one's story. Celebrate them and help your grief. Call Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home, 720-6000. Joe Robach, real talk for real people on the WYSL stations. The Joe Robach Show is brought to you by Bob Johnson Chevrolet. It's a better place to buy a car. Go to BobJohnsonChevy.com. Thanks for sticking with us. We're back with Marley Hornack uh, from New York Citizens Audit. And I forgot to say at the beginning, I also want to give her a shout out. We have a local person here. Uh, Lindsay Mercado, who does a lot for this, too, because I think this is so important. And so I'll just get right to it. Um, When you guys did your deep dive study, um, I was blown away with uh, all the things that you found were people that shouldn't been in the database were in, uh, dates were confused. Why don't you run through... um, some of those, Marley, and I, I want people to pay attention. You'll be shocked to hear this. And this, these aren't opinions. These aren't theories. This is really what was found by kind of a, a mathematical forensic audit on numbers and who's doing what. Sure, yeah. So the first uh, concerning finding that we turned up was simply by opening up a publicly available spreadsheet that anyone can download from the State Board of Elections website or the Secretary of State website called Official Results of the 2020 General Election. In that document, there is a number of votes cast. That's the official reporting from the state agency. Uh, It says, you know, the number of votes cast. So we said, well, let's take a look in the state voter roll database which is the official record for administration and certification of federal elections under federal law. We said, let's just see if the numbers match. So when we searched uh, the the New York State Voter Roll Database, which is known as NICE Voter, NYS Voter, we discovered a massive deficit. Uh, we And we very, very carefully searched for every registered voter in that database who cast a vote in the 2020 general election. And we discovered that there were 338,356 more votes cast than voters who voted. And uh, to tell you the truth, that number is shocking. That number indicates that at the moment of certification, when the State Board of Elections compiled all the data from all the different local boards of elections and decided this looks good to us and signed that document, um, they made a big mistake because a, a couple of citizens just casually learning how to, you know, do the code to find all these registration records and search through this discovered that this 
deficit. You can't have 338,356 more votes than voters and certify because you have to find out why first. (laughs) You have to look into it. You're not certain where those extra votes came from. Well, that's completely... Uh, I hope for people who are listening, you know... I don't even know how to explain it. Someone who's so proudly to be American, immigrant grandparents, um, have run for office myself, really, you know, have gone to kids in the classroom and told them how important voting is. It's shocking to me that we even have that number. But I guess, too, Marley, it's more shocking to me that the Board of Elections, on behalf of people, transparency, accuracy, wouldn't want to fix this and find it on their own. Yes, I agree. It's in, in fact, it's not just whether they want to. It is their statutory duty. <laughs> so that's what we pay them for. Um, and they didn't do it. And when we brought it to their attention, they ignored us. So that was uh, not a good, I, I wouldn't say that was not, that, that was not a good way to address a, a legitimate, honest citizen effort to point out some potential pitfalls in the voting system. And we uncovered other issues as well. Um, you referred before to some other categories of irregular registration. We found like 51,000 people registered to vote with no address, which I'm sure you as a senator would immediately realize that is a huge problem. When when the redistricting efforts roll out and the Democrats and the Republicans go head to head fighting door to door for which district each voter is going to fall into, the addresses of those voters are critical. And in fact, the ballots that each person are or the ballot that each person is granted is unique to the districts that they live in. Um, that's the you know, that's the ballot positions, all the down ballot races. If you're Obviously, if it's a statewide election for U.S. Senate or president, uh, you know, everyone's voting on the same candidates. But pretty much every other race is unique to your district. So if you do not have an address, you are not allowed to vote, actually. You're invalid. Your your voter registration record is incomplete. And yet uh, over 27,000 people in the 2020 general election voted without an address. And, you know, that's even more concerning to me, too, because let's say uh, if you lived in close proximity um, in a certain jurisdiction, but there were very different issues. Let's say one was wanted to preserve more things. The other wanted to develop more things. Um, why would you want somebody voting not in the place they lived? Um, th- that would also be a a very bad precedent and something worthwhile to, yeah, well, to protect. Again, it's, it's more than just what we want. It's the law. New York state election law is absolutely clear about eligibility. And to be eligible, you must have an address. You must have lived there for a minimum of 30 days before the election you're voting in. And you must be voting in the correct district according to your address. It's not a matter of opinion or likes or wants or preferences. It is the law. And as Thomas Paine famously said in Common Sense, in America, the law is king. 
the reason the law is king in America is because our founding fathers did not want to be ruled by tyrants. They did not want to be ruled by uh, self-dealers or con men. They wanted to know 100% that the people who represented them in office were the ones they trusted. And I would like to think that the Board of Elections anywhere, but especially statewide, wouldn't process um, thousands of incomplete applications. I mean, that should be easy to rectify. Yeah, well, it's actually not easy to rectify. I can tell you, Senator, and I'm sorry to have to say that, because it's not my job either or my desire to, you know, stand here and skewer local commissioners who I happen to know are absolutely inundated with registration records that are likely falsified or fraudulent, and yet they have to figure out what to do with them. And of course, they're in the bind you referred to earlier, which is they don't want to be accused of disenfranchising anyone. But the reality is, that in New York State right now, we have automatic registration from pretty much every state website. If you touch a state website or the DMV website, you if you do not um, seek out the box and affirmatively choose not to be registered to vote, you are registered to vote. And this brings me to one of the most concerning categories of irregular registration we uncovered. I'm going to just read uh, a tiny bit of law so you have that knowledge and all your listeners have that knowledge. Um, this is from the New York State Code's Rules and Regulations, Part 6217, 1B. It says, nice voter shall maintain one record for each registered voter, including the statewide unique identifier. So that's your state ID number in the nice voter database. And then in Section 5E, it says even further, nice voter shall assign a unique identifier to every voter that will remain with the voter for their voting life. So we were very concerned when we discovered that there were 1.1 million people or unique registrants in nice voter who had been assigned 2.4 million state board of elections ID numbers, which is, um, to be truly accurate, it's it's one point, it's about one and a quarter million excess registration ID numbers, which can be used to vote. Now, the state board of elections has responded to our claim that these are fraudulent in some way. We call them cloned registrations. They call them duplicates. And they say, we just don't understand how, first of all, the voting systems work. We don't understand how the databases operate. And we don't understand that as long as, um, you know, the excess registrations are a purge status, it's not a big deal. But in reality, I think the people should feel very differently. That is basically, um, you know, someone waving a wand and saying what looks like one and a quarter million violations of black letter election law is nothing to worry about. And it can't possibly be used for fraud. And that is not correct. 
we have found thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of instances where it has been used for fraud. We have found hundreds of thousands of instances where the excess records are not purged status. And on top of it, we discovered that in 2020, over 31,000 people who were purged at the time of the 2020 election voted anyway. So they're literally saying that a clerical error the size of the entire population of the state of Rhode Island is no big deal. It's not a violation of the law, and you shouldn't be concerned. We're, you know, this is just so amazing to me, and I hope people are listening because we're going to have to put some pressure on. We're going to talk more about the numbers, which are so eye-opening, with uh, Marley Hornack right after this short break. Hey, real quick, uh, Marley, give them some contact info, too, here at mid-break in the program. Uh, sure. The, the address for the website for audit for New York Citizens Audit is auditny.com. You can find everything there, including a link to volunteer, a link to donate, and links to all of our complete and professional reports. Thanks, Marley. Be right back, everybody. Joe Robach, real talk for real people on the WYSL stations. One, two, one, two, three. The Joe Robach Show is brought to you by the family of Bartolomeo and Prado Funeral Homes in Greece, Flower City Collision, Faber Homes, and Claridge Decorating Center. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I am fascinated by this topic, and I hope you are too, and I really uh, want to start out. Marley, by thanking you and all the uh, folks, really everyday citizens, not political, just everyday folks that realize how important it is. I mean, even our radio station here, YSL, we're known as the voice of liberty. These things are so important, and you've done so much work. Uh, Before the break, I I guess I want you to reiterate that again. So um, there's 1.5 million people who should be purged. And a lot of times they're not only just moving, but uh, I learned that from my other hat. I oftentimes would use the Board of Elections data to contact people to find out how many people were still on the voting records who were deceased, where I'd get contacted by a widow, uh, a widower, uh, a son, a daughter, saying, geez, I couldn't believe that, you know, you mailed something to, you know, my dad who's been dead for a year or two, you know, very awkward, um, you would think they would want to fix that. Yet, not only do they not fix that, they have 1.5 million people that should be out. Tell us again to start this segment, how many of those people that allegedly should have been purged ended up voting? Um, Well, that's an interesting question. I think that's a slightly different point than I was highlighting, which Before the break, I was highlighting that that there's 1.1 million registrants, so unique people in the database who have 2.4 million unique State Board of Elections ID numbers assigned to them. So that's a mess. Uh, There are 1.5 million registration records in NICE voter 
that are purged but have no purge date. So that is a huge problem that is uh, larger than the state of Delaware that says basically if there's any votes assigned or cast by those registration records that are listed in the voter history field in the database, nobody knows if those votes were cast before the purge date, so they're legal, or after the purge date, so they're not legal. Uh, but those votes are being counted regardless. So, so that's a huge problem. And another issue that New York Citizens Audit discovered, uh, frankly, by a miracle, is that 900,000 of those purged registrations, okay, now we're talking bigger, I think, than the state of Alaska, this clerical error, if it can be considered that, were born purged, meaning they were never active. Almost a million unique voter registration records that were created in Nice Voter, which is part of our national security infrastructure, that were never active. They've only ever been purged. So no one actually goes to register to vote with no intention to vote. So they completely defy logic. And that's where we get into this really deep territory. So when the when the State Board of Elections says, don't worry about that because they're purged. Don't worry about this because we've got it. Don't worry about the 1.2 million. Don't worry about the 1.5 million. Don't worry about the 900,000 over here. Don't worry about the 2.4 million over there. It's no big deal. What we actually discovered at the bottom of Nice Voter, there are very carefully constructed, extremely complex and very, very well-hidden algorithms that assign the state and county ID numbers and that may even be creating some of these false records. And that is cyber intelligence experts that we have met with told us what you found is called a total loss of control data breach, which actually means that no matter what they say at the state level, they don't actually know what's happening in the database. But they're still administering and certifying federal elections, despite the fact that we brought this to their attention. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm a street guy. And so these numbers are a little bit overwhelming, but important for several reasons. One is, is that, Again, there's some people who have cast aspersions on anybody like myself or anybody else that says, you know, how dare you question it? And I'm not questioning mm-hmm. it to be critical or to get my way or even be partisan. I'm questioning it because I know how important it is to have open, transparent integrity in, quite frankly, everything we do in life, but especially mm-hmm. voting in government. And I, it, it's been mind-boggling to me why so many people don't even want to have the dialogue or do it. But then to put it in, not in number terms, you know, when you talk about people are supposed to be purged, uh, I know of a case here where a family member came to me and said this because our board of elections mailed out absentee with your taxpayer dollars applications Mm -hmm. to every voter, whether you had voted the old fashioned way your entire life, whether you were a, a clone, whether you were everything, whether and, and they said, how is it 
that my father, who has been deceased, cast a vote. Now, that's more than a clerical error. And, you know, that's stuff people can understand. And I know you had another statistic where uh, there was uh, a a large, you know, I think it was a 21,000 or it was a big number of people who weren't even of age of 18 who were in the state database. Um, yeah, actually, let me find that. Was, I think that slide was specific to Monroe. I'm flipping to oh, that, is that one. So just Monroe County? The 2022 data for Monroe showed, uh, let's see. Well, in Monroe, you have 57, basically 58,000 people registered to vote on New Year's Day. <laughs> Oh, and they God. say that's a default date, but I'd like to be certain that it's a default date for every single one of those. At this point, you know, our founders, they meticulously crafted a zero-trust system for America, not because they were mean people, but because they knew that you can't just blindly trust every person who serves in government. And I'm not here, just like you, Senator, I'm not here to say that someone is doing something illegal. I don't know if someone is doing something illegal. What I'm saying is we're past the point where it's time to open up the books and find out what is going on. (laughs) Because when when they tell us, just take our word for it, that 58,000 people registered to vote on New Year's Day, and every single one of those can be explained by saying it's a default date, I don't feel certain. I don't feel secure with that. Uh, But I know you were talking about um, people who were not of age to vote, and I can definitely say statewide we have about 20,000 people in the NICE voter database who are, they're not dead, but um, their birth dates indicate that they're older than the oldest known human being alive in the United States of America. Yeah, it, like, and again, for people listening, it just seems to me that everybody throughout the spectrum should want to fix this. We're going to be right back after this break, and we're going to talk in the last segment about maybe where we can go and what we can hope to do working together to try and uh, fix these data breaches, for lack of a better term. Stick with us. We'll be right back with the Senator and Marley Hornick of New York Citizens Audits on the Joe Robot Show. You made them laugh and you left them feeling glad. You made them cry and you left them feeling sad. They've seen you perform in so many places. When someone you love becomes a memory, the memory becomes a treasure. At Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home, the focus is always on how your loved one lived. Bartolomeo and Parado has been helping families create meaningful tributes and celebrating unique lives for three generations. They treat your family like their own, always with the utmost compassion, warmth, and care. When you're in need, call Bartolomeo and Parado Funeral Home 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 585-720-6000. 
Your family is growing and it's time for a new home. Why buy a used house with someone else's style when you can afford a new Faber home built to suit your taste and your needs? Start fresh, build new with Faber. Faber Homes can customize your home to meet your wishes and dreams. Visit the Faber Homes website at faberhomes.com and find the plan of your dreams or a quick deliver home. Give Faber Homes a call today at 247-4800 or visit faberhomes.com for our current incentives. Faber Homes, great homes, great price. The 2024 Batavia Down Summer Concert Series has been announced. Come see bands like Smash Mouth, The Bacon Brothers, 38 Special, April Wine, and country music star Clay Walker. There will also be tribute acts paying homage to Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, Hart, The Doors, Chicago, and Sticks. It's going to be a great summer, all summer long at Batavia Downs. Get more information and tickets today at BataviaConcerts.com. That's BataviaConcerts.com. Flower City Collision in Henrietta is your hometown body shop, trusted by numerous corporate fleets and properly insured and registered in New York. Flower City Collision specializes in working with insurance companies on your behalf. Having built a culture where they respect the customer and their employees as well, Flower City Collision has assembled the best collision team in the Rochester area. If you need repair, reach out to Zach at Flower City Collision in Henrietta, and he will work with your national insurance company on your local behalf to ensure you get the repair you need done right. Joe Robach, real talk for real people on the WYSL stations. The Joe Robach Show is brought to you by BobJohnsonUsed.com. Browse from over 1,400 clean vehicles at BobJohnsonUsed.com. Thanks for sticking up with us. Uh, we're in the last segment here of this really, really critically important um, dialogue. You know, whether it's uh, people who are, should be too old to vote, too young to vote, um, more people, more votes cast than people registered to vote statewide, uh, clones, not following the law of uh, one ID number for each voter that's supposed to stick with you. 150-year-old people voting. Life. This is really, really important stuff. Um, and I do have to say, before I ask the question, I, I really do again want to applaud you in the all-volunteer group of citizens of every demographic who just wanted to know um, and look at, kind of during COVID, um, was there really uh, the right thing happening? And the findings, to me, are shocking. Now, I want you to tell um, the listeners, because before we say where we go, tell where you've already been. You've taken this information Again, not conspiracy theory. This is people who are experts in data collection and reading it. Uh, and you've taken it to some of the highest authorities only to get what, Marley? <laughs> to be ignored. Yeah, we brought uh, petitions for redress of grievance uh, according and pursuant to the first um, I'm sorry, the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Uh, so we use that process that's outlined there where our, you know, the beginning of our civil rights where they say basically you can bring petitions for redress of grievance to your government officials and they are compelled to respond. We brought those containing all these facts and figures, our findings from the New York State Board of Elections own official database to the New York State Attorney General, to the Secretary of State, to the 
um, the Board of Elections at the state level to the heads of the Republican and Democrat parties. We brought them to the Inspector General. We brought them to the Boards of Elections in 29 uh, New York State counties. We brought them to the sheriffs. We brought them to the DAs. We brought them to every, when, believe me, the printing costs were not uh, minimal, but we brought them to every single person we could think of that might have jurisdiction over some piece of this puzzle. Uh, and basically, they all ignored us. We did have a four-hour meeting with the Special Investigations Unit of the State Police. And I will say the result of that meeting, which they anticipated spending about 20 minutes on and telling us in a very nice and professional way to go back home because we were just suffering from sour grapes. Instead, they said, wow, what you have showed us is staggering. And they said, as the Special Investigations Unit of the State Police, we don't have jurisdiction they said, we have to bring this investigation to the Foreign Intelligence Task Force of the FBI, because when the voting systems of a U.S. state have been breached, provably breached, and the database is in a total loss of control data breach, that's a national security emergency. It could be coming from a foreign entity, and it has to be investigated through the FBI. I'm sorry to say that that was June 27th of 2022, and the FBI has never called me. Hmm. So I, I do know, I, I don't want to be overly hopeful, but I hope that New York will be part of it. And I think a couple of our congressional people here certainly seem to be interested in it. But it sounds to me like they're really going to look across the spectrum of voting to try and make sure uh, there's integrity in it, there's transparency, and to try and answer some of these questions on everything from hearings to perhaps, um, you know, even the legislation that could come of it. Though, you know, I'm with you. I I don't even think we need legislation. What we need is to have the board really practice what is already existing law and if they just started there, that would take out a huge part of some of these problems that we have in the data, yes. numbers not stacking up, all the above. That's, that's exactly correct, Senator. That is exactly correct. Our elections are like a precious jewel, and they are surrounded and protected at every point of entry and exit by a network, an interwoven tapestry of state and federal laws. If the boards of election were following those laws, we wouldn't be having this conversation and I would be out milking my goats. <laughs> They're not following the law. There, there's no justification for registration records that have not had their citizenship verified to be in the NICE voter database. And yet we know that there are millions of them that suffer from this simple deficiency that is clearly outlined in the U.S. Constitution. You have to be a citizen to vote. So there's so many problems, but I totally agree with you. The first point is to say, okay, if there are systemic violations of the laws due to procedural issues, we have to fix those. Because we never told our election officials that it was okay to ignore the law. Right. 
if they're having a hard time meeting the standard of the law, we all need to get together, put our heads together, and solve it. But we don't just say, oh, well, they're doing their best. What the heck is, you know, 5.6 million registrations anyway? I I know that, you know, your group, and I applaud you for it, is, you know, nonpartisan. But after you've been doing this so much and going to all these Democratic officials um, who turn their back, uh, I don't think out of paranoia, but I'm starting to feel like we're almost going to have to go publicly uh, have some kind of litigation because I, I'm starting to feel like it, it, they might acknowledge there's a little problem, but they're going to poo-poo it because it's not important to them to fix it. They literally don't seem to ideologically have a problem with people who shouldn't be voting, voting. Therefore, it's not high alarm to them. And the law seems to become secondary, which makes me scratch my head. But I'm starting to feel that that's an accurate assessment of where we're at. You know, you're kind of an expert on this. Would you agree or, you know, what what would you comment? Am I barking up the wrong tree or accurate here? (laughs) Well, that's a good point. And we are certainly actively fundraising for litigation. And we believe we have an airtight case. So, uh, and it's not an election case, actually. It's a civil rights case for those of you who are concerned that if you help us with our legal fundraising, that you're wasting your money, lighting a match to it, because no election lawsuits get standing. Uh, So be rest assured that we have an airtight case and we will be using your donations very effectively. Um, Regarding other possibilities, you know, uh, you probably realize from the presentation last or last weekend or the weekend before that we're actually doing another initiative we are deploying the citizens of new york state we are arming the people with the facts and people all over new york state in fact already i think over 110 towns have had volunteers for new york citizens audit come in and present the town-level resolution for an audit, an end-to-end audit of the 2022 general election. And the reason for this strategy that folks all over the state are employing, even though they're not, you know, they're not the experts, but they take the documents that show the facts, and they're very courageous and determined and dedicated patriots, and they get them uh, filled out for their towns, which anyone can do at auditny.com. And they bring them. And the reason is, last summer, we brought our petitions for redress of grievance to actually many county legislatures. And they also ignored it, which was very discouraging and disappointing. But what we're discovering with these town-level petitions is that more and more people realize there really is something wrong. So whether we end up securing an end-to-end audit of the 2022 general election by the actions of we the people across New York State fighting for this together and fighting to get the legislature to approve, obviously, that um, appropriation of funds to do the audit, or whether we get discovery through litigation one way or another, we are absolutely determined to get these books cracked open. It's more than time for the people to see the receipts on the election's we pay for. No doubt. Uh, Marley, I, I, I want to thank you very much, you and all your volunteers. Uh, if you want to 
volunteer, contribute, um, look at these hard numbers, get a copy, say it one more time where people can go to because this is so important. Yep, it's auditny.com, and also you can look up New York Citizens Audit on pretty much any social media platform. Uh, You'll see some of our messaging there and links to get more information and things you can share with others because, truthfully, you know, the media disparages us, the officials ignore us, but this is our state. So if no one else is going to tell your neighbors, would you be able to help? Yeah, sure. And, you know, we're trying to get the word out there. And, you know, for me, it's always harder to rectify the past. But certainly we should absolutely fix this to make democracy and voting work right uh, going into the future. So, Marley, thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your time. And we're going to keep pushing this uh, every way we can and hopefully with the goal of getting it right. Thank you all. Thank you, Senator. You're very welcome. Thank you all for listening. And as always, until next time, always strive to do your best and stay proud to be an American.